in their schools, and in the city. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, who was here last week for our Revive Night? Yeah, it was a fun night. I'll be honest, the, the message, it was a little unorthodox. It was a little different than we normally do. It got really deep. We, we talked about everything from Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, to Sam Smith, Kim, or Tim. We, we, we talked about it all. And the whole entire point of the message was for us to wake up to the way of the world. Every single one of us, the biggest issue that we face as Christians, as followers of Jesus, or just people, is how in the world do you live your life, the life that we talk about in here, the life that Jesus died to give you, in a world that is completely anti the way of Jesus? How do you live your faith outside these walls? How do you live out there with the conviction that you have in here? How do you translate your faith that you have in here that's strong, that's great, and that you feel it from not just Wednesday to Thursday to Tuesday? We talked about how it's impossible to do that in a world that's broken and fallen. And we talked about how the world, as dark and chaotic and crazy as it is, it's actually a slave. We talk, we'll talk about it in a minute, but we talked about how Jesus, even though his death, burial, and resurrection won him the power over sin, he is now ruling and reigning in heaven. But the truth is that the only way that you can experience the benefit of that is when you come underneath a relationship with him and you make him your Lord and Savior. Because the truth is that our world, as it is, is under the dominion and the power and the rulership of Satan. So we can just say that. So he's the devil. So that, he, he real, okay? Hell is a real place. And many people, before they go to hell, they experience a whole lot of it here. And there are many people who are saying they're going to go to heaven one day, but they're settling for living in hell here. And so we're talking about how the world that we live in every single day, even though it feels maybe like heaven in here, man, it feels a whole lot like hell out there. And so for us, how do we translate what we do in here out there? And the truth is we have to wake up. And so I'm going to read this passage of Scripture real quick, and we're going to dive into the conversation that I believe is pivotal for you guys, every single one of you guys, I need you to imagine your life right here. If your faith, your expectation, your life, where you are at in life, regardless of your age, in order for you to get to that next level, in order for you to surpass your expectation, to surpass what you think is possible, this conversation and you getting it and applying it is gonna be, that it's gonna be very pivotal. So we read a passage of scripture last week, we're gonna read again, and it's the Apostle Paul, he was like a pastor to a church, and he's telling a whole bunch of followers of Jesus that they need to wake up. Because if they don't wake up, whether they like it or not, they're gonna be washed away with the current of culture. It doesn't matter how courageous they are. And he says this, and then we're gonna dive in. For you, I'm gonna need you guys to stop talking down here. Thank you very much. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light. Y'all say light. It doesn't just say that you have light. It says you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do, he's talking to followers of Jesus, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Because it is shameful to even mention what the disobedient, he's talking about people who are living in or outside of a relationship with Jesus, but are living disobedient to the way of Jesus, actually do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that's illuminated becomes a light. That's why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What Paul is trying to say is even as followers of Jesus, every single one of us must wake up because the only hope our world has is for the people in the church, in relationship with Jesus, to wake up so that the light they now have 
can invade and illuminate the world's darkness, and they can begin to live in light. Guys, I hate to break it to you, but the only hope that your school has is you. It's not Jesus. It's Jesus in you. The only hope Lee County High School has is the Trojans that walk the hallways. Y'all gonna have to take this serious down here. Uh, the only hope that Schla has is the students there. The only hope that this world has is the people who have hope. But before we dive into how all that plays out, I have a very serious question. Any of you guys, y'all have that friend that just falls asleep everywhere they go? You know what I'm saying? Like, this friend sucks to have. You try to hang out, you're in prime time, hang time, and the man falls asleep on your couch. Guys, can I be honest? It's me, baby. That is, I am that friend. I have an internal clock from 4 o'clock in the morning, bright-eyed and ready to go, pissing everybody off in my home because I'm waking them up until 8 o'clock. Homie, we could be hanging out. And by the way, the weekend, we have an after party from 8 to 9.30, so I'm going to be in a constant state of delirium because I'm up past your boy's internal clock's bedtime. I fall asleep everywhere. Me and my wife will be watching some show. Cashed out. Man, I'll have one of our interns come over hanging out. We'll be eating uh, pasta. I am passed out with the daggone spoon in my hand. Literally, last year, during the weekend, okay, we had some students come to the house. We're playing Madden. I am killing this dude. I fall asleep with my hand on the X button with the controller. Man, I fall asleep everywhere. This is my problem. Is I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wake up, man. But how many of you know there's a whole other group of people that they don't have a trouble, uh, they actually do have trouble going to sleep? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go to the complete ends. Like, some of it, it's sleep apnea. Some of it's insomnia. But a lot of people, man, they, they be trying to go to sleep. Uh, and it's really hard for them to do it. And the truth is, for many of us, the reason it's so hard to go to sleep sometimes is because we got a light right here in our face. Whether it's our phone, whether it's TV, whether it's the computer, whatever. And the truth is that your phone or any screen, it emits what's called blue light. And because that light is so close to your face, it actually does make it near impossible to fall asleep. Because whenever you're directly in front of light, no matter how hard you try, it's really difficult to go to sleep. But I mean, for example, like my dad and my sisters, growing up, they can never go to sleep. Like low-key at three in the morning, I would hear, I'd walk out, it wasn't Santa Claus, it was my dad in his whitey tidies eating my ice cream. Low-key, this is what happened to me as a kid. My dad, go to bed, bro, that is my cookies and cream, bro. Like in your tight, like I don't even wanna eat, like this is a nasty scene. But what do people do when they have trouble sleeping? What do they do? Eat. <laughs> yeah, carbohydrates. No. Think about it. In our natural world, if you really are struggling to fall asleep, what do you do? Melatonin. Yeah, you take melatonin. You pop a little melatonin pill, and it makes you go night-night. You know what I'm saying? That's what we do. Do you guys know why we do that? Anybody know why we take melatonin? Do you know that melatonin didn't originate in a pill? It actually originated in our brain? The way God designed us as human beings... Like, why do we get tired? The way that God designed our brains to function is that whenever, like, we, we, we would, we'd be awake when the light is out, the sun, y'all with me? Y'all tracking? Here we go. I'm teaching all kinds of lessons. And when the, the light goes down and it gets dark, what happens? You, you get tired. Why? You ever wonder why that is? Why do you get tired at night? I know we don't think about this stuff. This is like, what your brain is trained and built by God to do, listen, this is crazy, bro, is when it gets dark, when the light goes away, there is a hormone in your brain that's released called melatonin, and it literally puts you to sleep. But now, when we have light everywhere, 
we actually have to force ourselves to go sleep. And can I tell you, physically, it's 100% true, but spiritually speaking, it's even more true. Guys, can I tell you that the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ is so bright in our world today? We're going to get to that in a second. Like, there is a Bible, the, like the word of God, at least three in almost every home. Like, Jesus is all over the media. Like, literally, one of the most top box office shows right now is a story called The Chosen about Jesus' life. Like, the Super Bowl that the Chiefs won, which I'm surprised they didn't. I was rooting for Hurts, but it's okay. It didn't really hurt me, nothing. I didn't bet on it, even though there was a whole lot of money bet and lost, but that's the whole thing. Both quarterbacks were completely saved, outright Christians. They're doing conversations with them about their faith. You have Damar Hamlin, who just literally almost died, and his story is reviving modern-day media, wearing an eternity with Christ's shirt. Like, the gospel, it, 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 it is brighter than ever before. And so you would think many people would be awake. But as we saw last week, the world is all also darker than ever before. You have, yeah, you have... I don't even have to go into it. I went into it last week, how dark our world is. And you guys need to know that all the wrong things going on in the world, as dark as our world is, can I tell you that that is not by accident? It's on assignment? You guys need to hear me. The darkness that you see in the world, the craziness that's coming out in our government, the ridiculous curriculum that's coming out in like kids classes, the crazy temptation and pressure you feel to conform to the people in your classroom, the, the, the constant tug for you to go back into the life that you're now safe from, that constant pressure of anxiety on your head, even though you have the mind of Christ and he's called the Prince of Peace, that constant war that you feel in here, it's not by accident. It's not because you gotta take some pill. It's not because something's wrong with you. It's not just your screen time. It's not by accident. It's on assignment. You need to understand that, that heaven and hell are real, but they're real here, okay? There is an assignment from hell to so surround your life with darkness so that spiritual melatonin can be released and your spirit falls asleep, even though you're physically awake. How many of you have ever felt like you're on autopilot? How many of you have ever felt like you're awake and you're walking around, but you feel numb inside? How many of you have actually had friends that they've gone through some traumatic, dark event, and even though they're fully present and here, in here you can tell there's something off? You need to understand that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you live with him as Lord, not just Savior, but Lord, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you, that you've been clothed with him, and that there's nothing the enemy can do to snatch you out of his hand. So the enemy cannot destroy you. You know what he can do? He can put you in dark environments. So the enemy can't distract you. The enemy can't cause you to go get so drunk that you regret it the next day, but he can tempt you to go into a dark environment party. He, he, he can completely surround your environment that you're living in with such darkness that even though you have a faith up here, it puts you to sleep in here. See, the enemy has an assignment on your life. He knows because you have victory in Jesus Christ, he can't destroy you, but he can distract you. Do you guys want to know why everything that's going on in the world right now? It's not that darkness is winning. Listen, like for you guys, yeah, they're just going to come in. They're going to say, it's okay. For example, in your homes, guys, real quick, pay attention. In your homes, when you guys see your parents fighting, when you're getting all these bad grades, when you feel like teachers are coming against you, when your friends, y'all pay attention, they're just coming in to sit. Y'all can sit right here if y'all want to. Y'all pay attention. When all that stuff's happening, it's not because that's just the way it is. It's just because the enemy is trying to distract you from what God's trying to do in you. Like, look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, that same pastor, Paul, he said this. He says, look, put it right here. 
You put it up there, okay? Okay, I'll read it. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It says that the God, do we have that verse? Yeah, there it is. Okay, thank you. Look what it says. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. Who is that God he's talking about? Paul, the apostle. He says the God of this age has blinded the mind. What God is he talking about? Huh. So Satan's a God? No, you know what that word means? In the earth, he has the utmost authority in the earth. Now, to those of us who have faith in Christ, the Bible says that we're no longer in the world. You know, we're no longer of the world. We're of, like, heaven. The Bible says that when you put your faith in Christ, even though you're still in the world, you're seated with God in heaven. So we are above him, but in the world that you live, he has the full rulership. Like we talked about in January, when, when Jesus went to the religious leaders and he said, you're of your father, the devil, even though they thought their God was God. It was, but it was the God of this world because all they could see was it's in this world. And so you need to understand, every single one of you, when you go to your school, there's one assignment and it's of the God of this age, the, the devil to distract you, to put you to sleep. Everywhere that you see darkness in your life, that you experience temptation, that you experience hurt, pain, torment in your mind. It's not just by accident. It's because the devil has an assignment to take you out. But even though he can't take you out, he can cause you to fall away. But do you wonder why? Think about it. Think about it. Anybody who's ever felt that attack in them. And if, you're per- if your life is perfect and you live in imperfect peace, come take this mic from me because many of us know this world is not. Many of us know every day is a daggone battle. And even though we're on the same battle, how it looks for you might be different for you. Some of you, it might be a divorce. To some of you, it might be that the girlfriend that you love so much actually cheated on you. To some of you, it might mean that you were the reason that you got broken up with. To some of you, it might mean that that constant addiction that you're so ashamed of, you keep coming up here for prayer for because you can't break free of it. To some of you, it's your friend group. You have friends here, but you don't know how to act out there because there's another God of this age that you're not thinking about. You know why the enemy wants to put us to sleep? He's wanting to conceal what's real. Look at what that verse says again. It says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, watch, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Y'all say image of God. Let me ask you a question. Do, you, do y'all know who you are? This is not a funny question. I'm being 100% dead serious. Do you know who you are? Then why do you worry about what people think of you? Do you know who you are? Why do you stress so much in the morning when you're putting your clothes on? Because you want to look a certain way. Do you know who you are? Do you know your identity? Then why do you constantly put filters and create fake Instagram accounts to project a different image of who you are? See, what I know to be true, my life too, is that we don't really know who we are. Because if we did, we would not try that hard. Do you know the identity crisis that's happening in this nation? The same reason we're running to all these medications to try to change literally who we are? It's because the God of this age has blinded you from seeing the image of God. Do you know the Bible says in the very beginning you were created in the image of God? That the only way for you to actually know who you are is for you to see what that verse says, the light that is in Christ. Because when you see him, you see who you truly have always been. 
So the truth is that every single one of you, with every struggle you deal with, you need to understand that the enemy is trying to conceal and hide from you from seeing the true you. The enemy is trying to conceal and hide from you the reality of what's going on in the world. Listen, especially you seniors and juniors, there's nothing more the enemy wants for you to focus so much on what's wrong in the world that you miss out on what's actually real in the world. Can I tell you how many Christians are losing faith in their friend group, in their schools, and in the world because of how dark it is? You know what's crazy? Anytime your friend group, let's, let's go your circumstances. When's the first time that we lose hope in our life? In God, in us, whatever. When? Something horrible happens in our life. Something crazy, horrible happens. What happens? Darkness begins to flood our life and we lose sight of the light that actually gives us life. And so what the enemy wants to do is take whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever situation, whatever anxiety, depression, friend group, drama you have, and make you focus on that wrong thing and you miss out on the real thing. Because in the world, in, in, in the reality of everything going on in the world right now, do you know what's also going on? In the midst of Sam Smith on the stages, in the midst of gender reassignment surgeries, in the midst of policies that are destroying classrooms, in the midst of the, the mental torment that so many of you feel, in the midst of the constant stress of a letter on a piece of paper at school, you know what's also going on in the middle of all this? The world that is so dark, do you know what else is going on? Revival is breaking out. Do you know what revival is? It's, a, it's kind of a churchy word, but all revival is, it means to, to bring back from the dead. It, 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 it means to literally raise something that was dead back to life, but better. Revival is what happens at Jesus' arrival. Okay, a revival is what Revival is the repercussions of when you have a revelation of who Jesus actually is. Revival is what happens in your life when you go through a whole entire school week and you feel so dark and depressed and you come in here and you have an encounter with God and you leave as if that never happened. Something came back from the dead. Put that first verse back up there, okay? What did it say? What did Paul say in Ephesians 3 through 16? He says, this is why it says, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. So wait, are you asleep or dead? Yes. It's the same. Enemy can't kill you, but he can put your faith to sleep. What do we do with an animal when they get out of control? What do we do? Put them, I thought we put them to sleep. It's the same thing. So the enemy can't kill you. He can't do that. He can put you to sleep, though. You know what? It's the same thing. The Bible says if you're not alive to Christ, you're dead. At the very beginning, when Jesus said, hey, if you eat this fruit, you're going to die. He wouldn't mean physically. There's something worse, spiritually. You know what it's like to be dead in here and still be alive out here? That's why people try to kill themselves physically, because they died in here first. Nobody is fully alive in here and try to die out here. Think about that. What would drive somebody so mad that they would end their life out here? Their life has been ended in here a long time ago. So when we say wake up, we're actually speaking to something inside of you, saying for your spirit, that thing that connects with God, that thing, that soul, the, the emotions, the seat of your whole entire life, we're saying that to wake up because when that wakes up, that's when you truly come alive. It's not about getting out of bed. It's rising from the dead. Like, you need to hear me. When we say wake up, it's not about getting out of bed. It's about your spirit being raised from the dead. That's what's happening in our world. Guys, can I tell you right now, go look it up, back check me, please. You'll be filled with such faith. This is not about some spiritual thing about a dude on a stage. And, and at Asbury College right now, oh, look what I said. Like, there is revival breaking out. For the past week, they've been in 100 hours of 
sustained revival. What I mean, what revival is, is when the presence of God shows up and you are so overwhelmed with how good he is that it doesn't matter how bad you are because he completely gets rid of it and you're in awe of who he is. It's the moment. Some of you have experienced it maybe on a revival night or at a camp where it is as if all the drama, the pain, the anxiety, the depression, the suicide, the divorce, you give it the middle finger because you have something else better. Imagine that forever. Imagine what would happen on a Wednesday night, what you feel in worship, what you feel sometimes, and it would sustain longer than that. Guys, there is revival. They're, they're saying right now that it's a time of social media revival. So many people are like, oh, social media is dark. Oh, Snapchat, well, if you send it. Yeah, okay, we understand. It's horrible what you can do on there. But do you know that for the past 10 years, they've actually created a new term called social media revival, that people are experiencing salvation in the presence of God on TikTok? Like, God, the Bible says that it is not his will that anybody should perish. He's coming after you because he knows some, something else is too. And so what we have to do as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is we have to wake up. Because if we don't wake up, the world will remain dead. It's not about getting out of bed. It's about raising from the dead so you can wake other people up too. You need to understand, this is what happened, and this is, this is we're, we're about to, if we can put the, the music in there, we're about to get to the fun part. This is what happened when Jesus died. See, when Jesus died, what we believe to be true is that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus came to earth as a perfect representation in the flesh of God. And so he lived for 33 years, and at 33, he started his ministry, and he began to call together a crew of disciples. He had his own crew, like many of you have, and, and he began to teach them, and he began to go all around casting out demons. Like, demons are real. Like, no wonder you can't get help. You've prayed enough, but you've never been delivered of that thing in you. He began to cast out demons of people, and they came alive. He began to heal people. Not just physical pain, but he would get, begin to heal their heart that had been hurt and harmed by their father. He began to heal people who had been so abused sexually that they couldn't even have any sort of relationship with anybody. He, he would heal them. And then he comes to the end of their life, and he's telling them, hey, guys, revival. Like, everybody's like, revival's about to break out. We have Jesus. It's how we all feel sometimes when we're following Jesus, and we feel everything's going to go good. And then he dies. You need to understand. Imagine if you had Jesus Christ with you, and he died. What hope do you have? <laughs> I think about it. Like, low-key, like, to put a pale in comparison. I'm not inflating my ego. I'm saying, imagine if you come here to hear somebody and something happens to me. You going you gonna, to you gonna come up here? I do not mean that anyway. I'm just saying, imagine you're following Jesus, bro. He's going to be the hope of the world for you. You're good. And then he dies. So as we know the story, three days later, he actually raises from the dead. The Bible says he revived. He was living, but he came back, and people were freaking out. Oh, my Lord, God, we're, we're about to see breakthrough in the world. Like, let's go, let's go. People are waking up, man. The disciples are all the way alive. They're ready to take over the world for Jesus. And then he says this, hey, I'm about to leave you. What? Like, literally, homie, you died. I got depressed. You came back. I'm happy now. And now he says, I'm going to leave you because he knew one day he wouldn't be here and we would be left here without him. He said, I'm about to leave you, but I'm gonna send you something. I'm gonna send you not my physical body, but I'm gonna send you my, my, my what? My spirit. What's the part of you that comes alive when you meet Jesus? Your, your spirit. So all this stuff doesn't change. And Jesus knew that. He said, I'm gonna send you that part of you that has been dead your whole entire life so that you never, 
had to experience the death that I did. I'm gonna send you my spirit. So literally what Jesus said, you gotta imagine, you're hanging out with Jesus. He said, look, I'm about to leave this world. I'm going to leave you, but I'm gonna put my spirit in you and you're gonna be okay. He says, all I want you to do before you go and you take this message to the world, before you go make a difference, before you go build your brand, before you go start your business, before you go start your Instagram, all those things that are good, I'm gonna send you the help that you need. And so what happens is it's this special week where all the Jews and all the people were coming into this city uh, because it was time where they were gonna celebrate freedom and all this stuff. And it said that there were 120 people gathered together in one room. Do y'all know how many people we have signed up for the weekend right now? Homie, if I have to ask that question, that presupposes the fact that I already answered it. 120. This is not, a, not being dumb, being serious. There were 120 people in what they called the upper room. Do you know what they were doing? They were seeking God. Why? They were praying. Why? Because they had woke up. Because they saw and they witnessed the resurrected Jesus. And they said, and, and they knew what he was calling. Jesus said, hey, after he rose from the dead, hey, I rose from the dead so that you can go wake other people from the dead. They were alive to their purpose. They were fully awake. They weren't woke. They were not asleep. They were fully awake because they knew if their friends, if their family, if their schools could experience even for a moment what I have, they will wake up and never fall back asleep, die spiritually. And so they're in this upper room, 120 of them, and they're praying. But there's all these other people in the community. Nobody's up there. And I want you to watch what happens. Because you need to understand that what happened then will happen again. Everything that's happened before is a picture of what God wants to do right now. And I'm telling you guys, if you don't wake up, you're going to miss out on a move that God wants to do in you and then through you. Look at what it says in Acts 2. It's it's too small. (laughs) Then there was a sound. They were all in the upper room praying. And it says, then there was a sound like a strong wind, a gale force wind. And nobody could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit, remember the the Spirit, so not Jesus' physical body, but His Spirit, spread through their ranks. So it literally came in the room and began to spread to each person. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted Him. You'll see why in a minute. There were many Jews, the same exact people, Jews, that was their family. There were many other Jews staying in Jerusalem just then, devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on the run. They're like, what's going on? Then when they heard one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were blown away. So what had happened is the Jews, they were one big family. They were the people of God. They were the people that were supposed to get all this Christian whatever stuff. Because of their disobedience, they got sent and exiled over the whole world. So they developed different languages. They developed different behaviors. Even though they were followers of Jesus, they began to get different behaviors from the other people that were following them. Y'all following me? And so they came and they said, wait a second. They couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on. They kept saying, aren't these all Galileans? Meaning this same people group, they all speak one language. How come we're hearing them talk in our languages? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Serene. Immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. There's different languages, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning. They, They couldn't make out any tell of it. They talked back and forth confused. What is going on here? And others joked. Oh, you can't see what they said. I need you to go on that computer real quick, click that text box and drag it down so they can see what it said. I'm going to paint the picture and I'm going to let them fix it and then we're about to be done. You have one people group 
<laughs> one group, the Jews. These are the people that God said, I'm going to pour out every blessing on you. Because you're a Christian, you're going to get all of this. All the people, they were all entitled because they came to church, they did all this stuff. But because their disobedience to God, they were exiled in the different parts of the world. And at one moment, they had an event, literally, it was called Pentecost. They all came together, and the goal was, was for all of them to come together and be united with God again. All right, okay, I need y'all to fix that. They got to see what they say. Because here, I'm, I'm going to paint a picture for you, and then I'm going to prove my point. We say we are a family. Whether you drive 50 minutes to get here or five minutes, you come in this room, you're family. The Bible says when you put your faith in Jesus, you're family. And we don't treat our family like crap, like many of us do. We're family. But something happened. This family was split. There was 120 of them gathered together in a room seeking God. And they encountered God in such a way that it would ultimately spark the greatest revival known to man, the church. Because of what God did in that room, it sparked such a great move that we are here because of it. But there was another group of people that missed out. They missed out on the room. Here we go. This is so good. They missed out on a moment. They missed out on the room because they had some other stuff going on. And while everybody else in the room, in the moment, at the event, they were filled with courage. They were filled with conviction. They were filled with confidence about who they are. Everybody else was just confused and critical. Look at what it said. I need you to... This is what their own family says about them. Y'all know when we have drama with each other? This is what's going on. It says this. They could not make out what was going on. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? And others joke, oh man, they just drunk on that cheap stuff. These people were so joyful, they thought, because they missed out, the only way you can be that joyful is because you're drunk. You know what people have said about our church? <laughs> I've literally had people say this about us. The only reason we're as happy as we are is because I sell nicotine to y'all. Yeah, wake up, bro. Yeah, 100%. Wake up. I'm so serious. Yeah, wake up, guys. This is the real world. Okay. I've literally had students in y'all schools tell other people, the only reason that students are as joyful as they are is because their youth pastor sells them nicotine. <laughs> For real. It's the same thing. Because people, listen to me, listen to me. Because people who are not in the room, they don't understand and can't comprehend what happens in the room. You know how many people are confused by how joyful many of you are? You many people ask you, hey, why, why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? What happened to you? They can't comprehend it because they weren't there to experience it with you. Guys, we have a moment coming up this weekend called the weekend that it is this moment. And I'm, 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 I'm going to shoot you so straight. If you miss out on this weekend, you're going to miss out on a move of God. What, what, I, what we are seeing in the world and what I, I feel in my spirit that God is about to wake you up in a way that you've never thought. Guys, hear me. The prayers that you've prayed, the joy that you want, the friend group that you desperately want to leave so you can find another one, it's found, I'm telling you, in this weekend. It's found not in a moment on a Wednesday night. It's found in multiple moments. Guys, you have to have a moment where you retreat from the darkness of this world and you get in an environment of light. And I promise you, what you are going to experience, if you're coming, get ready. But what you're going to experience this weekend is revival in here. To those of you who feel like you've been on autopilot, you're going to come alive again. To those of you who felt like you lost everything because you lost that boyfriend or that girlfriend or that friend, he is going to become your friend and you're going to have such a peace that you never even knew what to do with. For those of you who feel like you're all alone for the first time in your life, you're going to feel seen and known. For those of you who have been battling addictions that is tormenting your brain that you've had since seventh grade, you're going to be set free. I'm telling you, people in this room who've been so inundated by the fact that they have to raise up and become father in their home, you're actually going to have a new father in the home, and his name is Jesus Christ. 
I'm telling you guys, what God is gonna do this weekend is gonna wake all of you up, and I prom- I'm gonna go ahead and tell you what we're gonna talk about on night two of the weekend. Revival is coming to Lee County High School. Revival is coming to Schley, to Deerfield. There is a move of God that is coming to this city, but I promise you it's not gonna happen without your obedience and your alignment with it. There. But many people, they think, not me. Listen, and we're gonna be done with this. Many of you guys, they don't, you don't even have enough faith in what God can do in you, so why would you show up? There's a guy, I'm not gonna tell you his name. He was, uh, he was in a rock band, or he was in a band, and uh, he was completely addicted to meth, uh, nicotine, completely addicted. Like, literally could not go a couple days without getting another fix, without spending all his money. And he was in an environment just like this. Radically, God woke him up. It literally felt like he came back from the dead. It was never the same after that. What's crazy is after you wake up, it's not just about being awake, it's about waking other people up. And so what he did was, the only thing he knew how to do, which is play his guitar on Instagram. So what he did, not on Instagram, but on TikTok, he started a TikTok account just for him to play his guitar. One day he puts out a video, he only had a thousand followers at this point. He puts out a video, he makes a little music video, just some little thing. It blows up, goes viral. Overnight, he gets from 100,000 uh, followers to 30,000. And then at that point, if you know TikTok, he had the ability to go live. So this dude, who was so addicted to meth that everybody else wouldn't be friends with him anymore because he kept fiending, he kept trying to get money from them. Literally, like if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. I've had that happen to me too. Best friends steal $300 from me just to get their fix, and I thought they were my friend. And so what happens is he goes live one night, he leaves worship, he's not a pastor, he's not a preacher, he's a person, man, who woke up. And he begins to go live, and he, and he tells about Jesus. People get saved. A thousand people get saved. He begins to catch on, he begins to catch a following. It wasn't about him, it was about the one who woke him up. He continues to lead worship on TikTok live, bro. People are giving them their lives to Jesus. Do you know how many people have been saved through one guy who woke up now? 25,000. Guys, can I be honest with you? What God is about to do in the world is not going to come through another pastor on a stage. It is not going to come from me. And I love you guys so much, and I'll go hang out with you at your school every flipping day. Honestly, those CYC mornings at ninth grade are like some of the favorite. But I'm telling you, that will never do anything. Who am I? Because God sent you in your school as a missionary there on mission. Because you know when you wake up, the goal wasn't just to stay awake till you die again. The goal is to wake everybody up around you. If you have a friend group and there's never been a moment where you've been able to talk about what God's done in you, then you haven't woke up yet. Because I'm telling you, when you wake up to the light that's going to come to you, you're not going to be able to shut up. And I promise you, and I'm going to speak prophetically, if you know what that word means, if not, just come this weekend, to every single one of you who've been family, the thing you've been waiting on, the thing you've been trying to build, the things that you're so desperate for, it is not gonna come through another person. It's gonna come through you and your obedience to rise up on your national platform to allow what God wants to do in you, in where you're sent. You are not sent in that school to sit there. You're sent to stand up and wake everybody else up because there's a people who are fed up. There are people in your schools who are fed up with the way the world is, and they need somebody like you who's woke up to stand up to wake them up. I'm telling you guys, I will quit my job to see you guys come alive like this thing. I'm tell- it's not going to come from a stage. It's going to come from the spirit that woke you up. But I'm telling you right now, mark my words that happens every year. If you miss out on what God wants to do in you this weekend, 
When everybody else comes back, you're going to be in that same chair, confused and critical of what God did, and you're going to miss what God wanted to do, not just in you, but through you. Can I be so real? These past two weeks have been crazy. Like, if, if you know me, I'm really emotional. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never cried like this, wept like this. Guys, we are on the verge right now. I said this last week, but I'm so serious when I say this. Your life right now, I need everybody to go like this. Oh, sweet God, I didn't mean like shake my hand. <laughs> That's awesome. So I don't know why I did that. Just go like this. Every single day of your life, there's two winds shaking you. And right now at this moment in history, there is darkness that is doing everything it can to tempt you to do this, to compromise, to go over here, to watch that, to listen to that. And the more you go this way, the more your life is headed for ruins, man. I'm so sick and tired of having students that I have even staying at, my, at the night at my house completely gone, lost. It's because darkness got a hold of them and they never went back. But there's another wind, a wind of the Holy Spirit, the same wind that sparked the church that is coming again. And I'm telling you, this thing is if you will allow yourself just to get in the room, I'm telling you, what's going to happen to you is all this temptation, eh, it ain't got nothing on you. It's going to turn your life in such a direction that you won't even be able to go back. You'll be so disgusted with everything you used to do. It'll so piss you off that you will no longer allow your friends to go through what you went through. And I'm asking you guys to get in the room. Sign up. I will pay for it with my own debit card. I got two now. I got my wife's cash app. You feel me? Not, I ain't even lying to you. I already spent this week's quota. So but next week, I get a, like, I'm being stupid. Get in the room. Because I'm telling you what God is about to do in and through. I, I, I should have shut up a long time ago. I just, I need you guys to get this. Mark my words, replay this on the podcast three months from now. You're going to see people in this room who are so far this way that their life is ruined. And I guarantee you it's because they did not come. And you're going to see other people in this room who are so anointed and empowered by God. Where did they come from? 